Well, we've got a rally in global equity markets. As US Q2 earnings start to ramp up, it's a massive day for European assets as we look at the ECB meeting, Nord Stream 1, and other factors as well. Blake and I preview that situation. And with gold trading 1700 bucks, we ask, is now the time to buy? We go inside all these factors and more as we assess the trade-off. Hi there, my name is Chris Wesson. I'm head of research here at Pepperstone. I'm going to be joined in a second with Blake Morrow from Forex Analytics. And we're going to be going through all the setups, the thematics, the views and the news that's making on mine and Blake's radar at the moment. As always, if you could hit the like button, if you like what you're hearing, do so. That'd be great to see. Uh, if you've got any questions, leave them in the comments field and Blake and I will get to them as soon as we can. We're going to be covering a lot of the factors that are going through global markets. And I'm sure everyone has a strong opinion of which you know, getting amongst the communities is, is, is a good thing to do. So, yeah, if we could do that, that'd be awesome. Um, but we look forward to seeing you more of you on the show today. Anyway, I'll bring Blake into the program. Blake, how are you, mate? I want to have a quick talk about um, Elon Musk. I saw him passing on the boat this week. Uh, very, very translucent. The guy clearly needs to work on his suntan. But I'm guessing you were on that boat. I guess you were partying hard. Did you take any of the stock tips to trade Tesla today? Yeah, you know, I, I did, Chris. And actually, I dumped all my crypto yesterday before Wait. today's earnings. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just kidding. But, <laughs> but boy, oh boy, man, you know, the pictures of uh, Elon Musk and compared to Jeff Bezos, two completely different looking CEOs, I would say. Yeah, that's right, mate. Well, I'm in no position to be fat shaming anyone, so I won't go there whatsoever. But let's also remember that we do take our com our commitment to SEC regulations very, very carefully. And obviously, we don't want to talk about front running or anything like that. So uh, that's that's a very serious matter. But anyway, let's go into topical thunder and let's just see what's going on through the markets this week. Well, Blake, I want to talk about sentiment because we're going to talk about the ECB in a second. There's a lot that to really unpack in Europe. It's not just the ECB. But yeah, we've seen a nice rally in, in, in global equity markets. You know, you've seen small caps outperforming. The Russell 2000 at the moment looks absolutely golden. Yeah, we've got a really nice setup. It's broken its recent downtrend. It's made a higher high. The NASDAQ, something similar. We're going into earnings. We've seen about 13% of S&P companies coming out. We've seen 71% beating. Those that have beaten have done so by an average of 4%. 58% uh, of beaten on revenue. And next week, we get 51% of the S&P coming out with earnings. Now, everyone's expecting consensus earnings to be chopped up effectively, and that potentially could mark a, a more sustainable low rather than this trading move we've seen at the moment. We've got you know, bond volatility has subsided as we go into a Fed meeting next week. We've got the VIX trading 24%. You know, commodity prices seem to have stabilized. Um, the word recession seems to have sort of come off the boil. Um, Sentiment seems to have improved a little bit. The, the question I'm going to ask you, Blake, of course, is whether that is sustainable or I think we get another downturn. How are you reading it now? Well, you know, it's that it's a great question. And, um, you. you know, we've talked a lot about sentiment actually over the last several weeks and about how bearish it's been and mm. maybe it's a little too bearish. And I and there was a good tweet. And, and just so you all know, I probably spend like a half a percent of my day on Twitter. I glance at it. I look see if anybody's tweeting anything interesting, then I'm back in my charts, back into the markets, back with our community. But I did see, I, I ran across a really interesting tweet that said, I'm bullish because everybody's bearish. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, you know, and, and I'm like, you know, that pretty much sums it up. You know, you got, you got the whole world's bearish, you know, the mar market's starting to turn. 
Sentiment seems to be improving. And, you know, sentiment is one of those things that it can really carry. And, and, and all we need now really is when, you know, you get some news, uh, maybe some, some headlines, maybe something with, maybe with Gazprom tomorrow, maybe with the ECB, maybe with earnings that really propel the markets higher. We really haven't had a good, solid short squeeze in this bear market, Chris. And that's something that I think has been very absent. But the one thing that I do want to say is it's exactly the opposite of where we were last year when the markets continued to grind higher. We mm -hmm. would, would say, oh, is there a top? Maybe this is the top. You'd start to get a little sell-off, and then all of a sudden the market just rips right back higher to new highs. Yeah. This is a similar type of situation. You know, It's very bearish. We're in a bear market. Sentiment's very poor. It's obviously starting to turn a little bit. But I'm hesitant, just like anybody else. You Mate, know? did you so, see? You you obviously look at um, like things like the commitment of traders report that comes out every every Friday for you. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it's positioning of, as of Tuesday, of course. But did you see the the S and P futures net position? Yeah, the market has hasn't been this short for a long, long time. So maybe you could make an argument that that there's some some of those shorts that are coming out of the uh, the futures market have taken taken some off the table. Yeah, so I think the market's about to flip to a, a positive gamma position as well. Um, I, I think, yeah, the, I think that that contrarian view that you had there is quite an interesting one. I think we've still got some scope to squeeze high, but we'll see what happens with the ECB tonight. I think we do. And, and I think the you know 200 day moving average may seem far away, but it's really not that far away, especially if you're talking about the S&P. But we're going to talk about other indices. But first, let's go to the ECB, Chris. So uh, the it's the big one. It's the big one. It, it's the big kahuna. And, you know, <laughs> well, let's talk about, you know, ECB. What are they going to do tomorrow? Do they do only a quarter percent or do they do a half percent? And this is a big question. And I think there's a lot of moving parts with the ECB, mm. uh, you know, in the next 24 hours. And you brought up a great point last week uh, talking about t tomorrow with the with the um, the Gazprom uh, uh, Nord Stream pipeline. You know, is that going to get turned on? So there's the you know, and is it going to be in limited capacity or is it going to be in full capacity? You know, do they have the the mechanics straight? You know, and does that does that decision influence the S the uh, I was going to say the SMB the ECB yeah. in September? You know, does that influence them? And we have to look past what happens tomorrow. So mm -hmm. I think there's a lot of moving parts, and and I personally think that the ECB should raise rates a half a percent. And the reason why I say that is because. Every other central bank is aggressively moving higher, just like you know the Bank mm -hmm. of Canada last week. I think this is an opportunity that the ECB needs to seize regardless. And if they don't, and we have this knee-jerk reaction of a lower euro following a, a quarter point you know, rate hike, I think you actually have to be a buyer because I don't think Russia is going to purposely hold back the Nord Stream uh, pipeline, not at this stage in the game not heading into fall. And so that situation should improve maybe slowly, but it's also the ECB will have, you know, extra ammunition to go maybe even more aggressive in the September meeting. So what are your thoughts with the ECB going into tomorrow? Well, I've, yeah, I think you covered it pretty well there, mate, to be honest. The, um, yeah, I think you, mate, you raised some good points. And um, 
Look, I, I think they need, a, they need a stronger euro. They definitely need a stronger euro. If you look at the balance sheet, which has now stopped growing, it is actually growing. The balance sheet is actually, the ECB's assets is growing because of the euro weakness we've been seeing. And that's, again, feeding full circle into further European weakness, and that's propelling inflation higher. So um, look, I think they need a stronger euro, and, and whether they get it is another thing. So, yeah, look, the market's pricing 36 basis points of tights for what is our, our night tonight, your tomorrow. Um, I think they only go 25 myself, but you know, it is, it's a line ball call. Of course, you've got Mario Draghi, who's going to resign at some stage tonight as well. He'll step yeah. down. That means that the, the BTP boon spread becomes even more important. If that was to blow up to 240 basis points that we saw the other day, then the euro is going down on the back of that as well. And that makes this anti-fragmentation tool, which they'll probably announce tonight in some capacity, even more important. The Nord Stream 1, Look, I think they turn. I think they turn the taps on. Uh, whether it's twenty or forty percent is one of the two. But I think they will turn it on. Yeah, it's one of those things. If you tell me, if we were to see this tomorrow, um, and know all the, and actually, if you were to tell me what was going to happen tonight with all the outcomes, could I make money from that situation? I can't categorically say I would be able to. So, look, I think we, you know, volatility is the name of the game. If you look at implied vol in in euro, it's massive. Everyone's expecting movement. That means take your position size down, try to buy a stop, just know when you're wrong, get out of the trade. The market's expecting movement. But I think they only go 25 basis points, uh, and I think, therefore, there's probably more downside risks. I think the ECB should be hiking. I think they should be looking for a stronger euro here. We'll see what happens. Anyway, I want to touch on um, the NASDAQ, mate, because, um, yeah, I talked about the Russell, and, and the Russell's broken out. Whether it's sustainable is another thing. But everyone's in love with big tech again. It seems to... You know, it's found its mojo after obviously being in the doldrums. Now, next week, we get the, the mega cap companies coming out with, with earnings. And, you know, that, that means that the, the weightings that are on these uh, names means that there could be some big volatility playing through um, in the NASDAQ. Um, and, you know, for us as, as, as a trading shop, we, we see more business in the NASDAQ than, than really any of the other indices. We see a lot in the Hang Seng and also the DAX as well. But generally, the, the NASDAQ's the one that everyone loves to trade. Uh, I personally think after the recent breakout of, of, of the June highs that, yeah, we could be looking at sort of 12,900, maybe 13,000. But yeah, obviously earnings next week are going to be the big driver. How are you seeing the the, yeah, the US equities and specifically the NASDAQ here, mate? Well, I, I, you know, first of all, I, I agree with you. And I think that the NASDAQ actually will lead the charge higher as we go higher. Um, the 13,000 level is actually the level that I'm looking at. I, I call it the line in the sand and I have for you know, for years and years and years with our traders, it's like, that's the line that, you know, says, am I bearish or am I bullish? And we get above 13,000, I start getting bullish, like squeezy bullish for the NASDAQ. <laughs> um, so I, you know, and, and, and if you really focus on the chart pattern, and I know we don't have it right in front of us, we're mimicking a similar move that we had a few weeks ago, right to the day. So if we break that pattern and we really start to see a rally going into the end of the week, I think it could extend itself. And, you know, this talk that we're having about, you know, potential short squeezes. I mean, I look at like stocks like Netflix looks promising for a big bounce. Uh, you know, I know they, they just had earnings and it was down a little bit post-market, but still it looks squeezy. And and so does <laughs> Amazon. I mean, yeah. you know, Amazon actually looks squeezy too. Well, they had a big so, night last night. They were up nearly 4%. And that's obviously pushed up the discretionary space in the S&P. But yeah, I mean, for the, the Netflix ones, I mean, it's a pretty simple business model. I mean, the market yeah, hated it, to be honest. And again, it comes to a contrarian view. But simple, simple business model, Netflix. 
you've got to come up with a decent pipeline of, of content. Um, I don't know, you've, the grey man looks like it could be a winner for them. That's the big ticket item that they've got. And if the market seems to think that that's going to work quite well, then yeah, maybe there is, there's some, some upside. But they are seeing an increase in subscriber numbers coming forward. They're well below expectations for Q3. Um, but, you know, it's not just them. I mean, if you're looking at the NASDAQ, it's, it's your Apple's, um, yeah, it's your Microsoft, it's your IBM. These are the names that you need to be looking out for. And I think, yeah, they've all come out and they've suggested they're going to slow the pace of hiring. They've all talked about the pace of the US dollar as being a major hurdle. I mean, how much have you taken out of that? You know, corporate treasury departments, hedge your dollar exposure a little bit better. I think it's probably the way you've got to be looking at that, right? <laughs> right. Well, you know, uh, you know, going back to going back to like your dollar exposure, I'm going to actually talk and I know we're both going to talk a little bit more about the dollar moving forward. And I think the, a good way to kind of parlay into that is precious metals. And I, mm. I'm, I'm, I'm sensing just because we haven't had this discussion yet, but we might be on opposite sides here. But I want to talk about precious metals because I think it's important. Um, you know, everybody wants to buy gold. And let's let, let me get one thing out of the way. The price action in gold has been absolutely horrendous mm. as of the la I mean, for the last six months, it's been horrendous. And I know every gold bug out there, it's driving them crazy. They don't understand why, you know, why are we trading below 1700 in a high inflationary environment? But, and I was even having a conversation with somebody in my community today about gold being that he, he's, he's like, gold's the anti-fiat. And I'm like, no, it's the anti-dollar. Yeah, and yeah. gold and the dollar have a very, very inverse relationship. And I think one of the big tailwinds for, well, one of the big headwinds, excuse me, for gold bulls has been this insatiable strength that we've seen in the dollar. But I personally think that the dollar has peaked, Chris. I think cool. the dollar- He's the beige I, I know. man today. He's pretty, hey, he's... No, no, no. I know them, them spitting words, but I, I mean, when I say peaked, I say peaked near term. Maybe not long term, but here over the next few weeks, I think that the dollar you can play both you can play both sides of the trade, and mm. I think that's actually going to set a bid in gold. But I got to ask you, what do you think about gold? What do you think about precious metals? And I have to mention, silver is at a six one eight Fibonacci golden fib on a weekly yeah. basis, holding support pretty strong around the eighteen thirty level. What do you think about precious metals here? Should we buy them for a tactical bounce? What do you think? Well, look. Uh as part, you know, I run different systems, and, and one of the systems that I run is a momentum and, and trend-following system. Um, I combine both of the two. And right now, in that system, I just wouldn't be doing anything other than being short in gold because you know, everything's you know, rate of change. If you're looking at the three-day exponential moving against the, the eight, it's going down. Uh, they're in alignment. You know, there's a number of other sort of inputs you use, but it's trading lower. And therefore, you know, I'd only be short in that or buying pullbacks until the rules change. That said, if I take a more sort of holistic view and, and, and look at other strategies, one that I look at is, is the distance that gold has relative to its 50-day moving average. And that's over 6% now, which to put in perspective, since the last sort of 12 years or so, um, is about a two-standard deviation move. Every time we've seen um, that distance move that far away, that has been a fantastic buying opportunity as a mean reversion trade. So if I put my mean reversion hat on, 
when we see the distance between the you know the price and 50 day moving average going sort of six and a half percent or over two standard deviations from the long run average it has been a, a good mean reversion trade and we're very close to that point i think i think if we get down to 1680 that that would be the point that you'd be looking to to start averaging into maybe some some mean reversion positions um, but at the moment the price is going down so i think we're probably more likely to get 1680 so it's a tough one um yeah but i am looking at so one of my favorite so uh, favorite contrarian indicators mean reversion tools which is that distance so yeah i think that's a, a really interesting one there so the time is coming blake at the moment i'll be short though for sure okay All anyway right. <laughs> i think we're actually going to cover this in, in in one of the trades of the day so let's uh, let, first before we get to that point let's go to some of the charts that are on our mind and that's a setup I'm just getting, uh, getting carried away with the music there, mate. Um, <laughs> let's have a look at uh, let's have a look at the chart of Kajian. I want to bring up Kajian because we're saying this just before the Bank of Japan's coming out, and it should be a fairly uh, uneventful Bank of Japan meeting. I don't think anyone's really expecting anything from the yen. What we've seen though, uh, Blake, in in this market is carry working again. So the idea of being long um, currencies where the interest rates, uh, where the central bank's looking to put up interest rates, and obviously using the Japanese yen as your funder, and um, as long as bond yields are going up then, then then you do tend to see you know the Aussie the CAD you know the dollar working well against the Japanese yen um, but this is a chart that uh, you know a couple of a couple of my clients have just um, you know, brought to my attention and I was looking at the breakout that we saw in CAD yen um, and they said well actually no if you look at it on a wave perspective you can see we're potentially getting up into that into the fit into the fifth in the fifth wave which could then see us a more sort of prolonged move down into say the hundred level um, I personally like love buying breakouts like you do get a stopped out a lot that's the problem but so you you know you're looking for those outliers so when it kicks on you know you're looking for you know 5r for example um but you will get what we call a a positive skew so you're going to you're going to take a lot of a lot of very small losses but when it kicks you've got to be looking for those the, to, to let it run effectively so this is an interesting one the momentum trader potential trend trader in me suggests you know when this if, if this does break out you go long and let it and just let it ride on the breakout from from this point but then we've got a few of the wave guys who are saying that this is this is ready to sort of pull back within that fifth wave there so how how, are you, how would you see this right now well first of all the canadian yen is is breaking out higher but you know and it's interesting because the way my candles reset are probably different than yours being that i'm on the other side of the planet and <laughs> i I'm, i actually saw a spinning top today on the daily chart and so if we had actually had a down candle tomorrow following you know the end of north american trade it would actually be an evening star formation false breakout it would be a reversal but i'm not ready to step in front of that yet and i'm going to i'm going to i'm going to say uh, if if my name was miss wantanabi i would be a little upset uh, that you're trying to trade yen on the long side just yet it might be premature however it might be setting up and and i would look for if we get a reversal tomorrow i might actually be a yen buyer and canadian yeah. yen wouldn't be one of those uh, false breakouts maybe not not a bad reversal it always it always makes me laugh if my wife or you know um, he, he, he's never really traded before was listening to some of the, the banter in this thing and evening star spinning tops what, what are you talking about anyways and, and, it's, and, it's and, another and, language and, isn't it? <laughs> did it did he just say miss wantanabi who is that yeah, yeah, yeah. anyway, <laughs> anyway all right oh we live in yeah, <laughs> let's 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 turn it over to the Euro Aussie. You know, the Euro Aussie has actually been a pretty good short for me when we broke down out of that wedge from a couple of weeks ago. Um, 
we are nearing some pretty key support. And obviously with the ECB tomorrow, this is a big one. And it's a big pivotal level that I'm looking at, which comes in right around the 147, 20 or 30 level, depends on what feed you're using and where that support is. But it's nice horizontal support. It's a FIB, it's a 618 retracement. And, um, you know, I happen to be an Aussie bull and I, and I know I talk a lot about it, about being a buyer in the Aussie dollar, Aussie US dollar, you know, below 67 cents, 68 cents. Those are places that I like to own it. And, uh, and I have been personally long the Aussie dollar, but I think that the Euro Aussie is going to pivot off of this area. But if we get a breakdown and we get a solid breakdown below 147, I think the Euro is actually going to, you know, take a nice little nice little downtrend towards those trend lows. Mm-hmm. Um, but the flip side is the euro could get a boost tomorrow. And, I, and I'm not going to ignore the fact that that could happen. So this is a good pivot area for me. It is a setup and it's the euro Aussie. And I think it's, you know, I think it's going to play. I could play on the long side or the short side. Mm-hmm. I have no position right now, but I like it as a setup. What do you think here? I think no position is the right position for me at the moment. Right. Um, I'd like to see a break of the 100-day. I don't think you've got that on there, but 149.09 is the 100-day, and that's really capped the moves. In, in this consolidation zone that you've been seeing for the last week or so, the 100-day has really capped at any kind of rallies. I'd love to see a close above that um, to, 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 to push me into a more sort of momentum position, strength, very strength kind of thing. A, a body in motion stays in motion. I'd like to see a, a close above that. Um, that said, I'd like to see a close below, you know, where the, the, the range lows at the moment suggest we are going to start bear trending. Uh, next week, we do get Aussie CPI numbers. That that could be quite key. Um, I think the you know, RBA Governor Lowe has been talking quite positively. Yeah, there, there is the open for a potential 75 basis point hike at the next RBA meeting. I think they'll only go 50 personally. But that CPI number next week could be, uh, could be a big one. Um, so I think it's make or break. It's a great cross to look at because... Yeah, I think something's going to happen soon. Uh, and when it does, I think we just need to be prepared to, to, to trade it because I think it's just consolidating like a cold spring, ready to go bang. And I think you follow that move when, when the market tells you so. So that's what I'll be looking at. Talking about moves, let's have a look at Bitcoin because Bitcoin for me has got it right. They have actually been leading the equity story as your ultra sort of liquidity beneficiary, you know, sort of this idea that, that rate hikes have been somewhat coming out of the market. You know, this aggressive hiking cycle, which is still going to happen. You know, people are sort of sensing the idea that perhaps we've hit peak terminal rate, perhaps we've hit peak inflation. The worst is in the market at the moment. I'm not sure if that's that's necessarily true. But you have seen Bitcoin, which has been it's one of the, the trades that I put out last week, um, has been consolidating in, in a tight range. And it loves doing this. It loves having a move. It loves consolidating. It has a move. It consolidates. We've consolidated for something like 35 days. We've broken to the top side. We've seen you know, the three-day crossing the eight-day uh, exponentials. So the momentum indicators are there. You've seen the rate of change moving up. So as a momentum play, it's broken out. It's done all the right things. The question now is, will this kick up? Will this kick on? Will it start to trend? We've had the momentum move. Will this actually start to trend? With trend following, of course, we know we, we never know it's going to happen until it's actually doing it. Um, but you've got to be in the trade when the, when, when the hallmarks start happening. And as of the moment, this has been a momentum move. Can this turn into a trend move, which we need to be part of as part of our system. What do you think, Blake? Well, let's not forget, Chris, that the highs from 2017 were at 20,000, 19,600, something like that. And, you know, for all intents and purposes, we held it. I mean, mm-hmm. yes, we dipped down into the 17 handle, but but after we've been consolidating, we've been consolidating above that 20,000 level. And so really from a technical perspective, it's, it's at really key level of support. Now, 
will we break down eventually? Perhaps, maybe. Yeah, right. But right now, look, I, I think it's a good setup. And, it, and, and if risk takes off and we see the NASDAQ 100 break above 13,000, yeah, I mean, if Bitcoin may not lead the way at that point, maybe it's the NASDAQ, but it will. it's going to move in tandem with risk. And yeah. so if we see a bounce in risk this summer, why wouldn't Bitcoin go see 25,000, 30,000 again? Open mind. It's what I say all the time. Everyone's bearish. Everyone thinks we're going to see we're going to see another downturn. It may well happen. It may well happen. The tape will tell us. Be prepared to trade it on the short side if we see that. But you know what? If we do get a move into 13,000, no one believes that. Just have an open mind. As a trader, we've just got to be open to price action and, and trade trade the tape that you see. And, and that means... Yeah, speaking of... Speaking of having an open mind, let's let's turn it over to crude, right. and I'm going to call it rude crude because rude crude. Yeah, rude crude. It's all over the map, but I, I'll I'll tell you once again, and I'll say it here, and I'll I'm the self-proclaimed probably worst crude trader <laughs> around. Although I'd make good calls, and remember when I was trading around 110, I said it was a great short. It it slipped all the way past the 200-day moving average, and now I think you got to be looking at it on the long side, and and I know it's not going to make consumer is happy, but it actually might be moving with risk a little bit. And I think if you just use your imagination and you be open-minded, Chris, we might be setting up an inverted head and shoulder pattern. If we can pivot off that 618 retracement, just under $96 a barrel, uh, we, we, the, the head would be the low that we created below the 200 day moving average, the false breakdown. So if we can hold around 96, $95, it might need be a nice bounce right back to 104. And if we break above 104, then we're going to be trading back in the one teens again. So mm. this is a setup. And, and for those of you that like to trade crude, remember, I'm, I'm not going to trade it. I'm just going to call it. And <laughs> I think that if, uh, I think if we can hold around 96, $95, I think it might be a nice, good risk reward long keeping stops below the 200-day moving average, targeting for 104, maybe even one teens. What do you think here, Chris? Well, I'm going to take the other side of that one, uh, Blake. Um, Oh yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I, look, I get the, the get the situation that you know, if we do see risk continuing to work, equities moving higher, then probably crude will would would go along with that. Obviously, a lot really depends on what happens with the dollar. Um, and and also, I would admit that that what we saw last week was was very bullish indeed, in the sense that we we held the two hundred day moving average, we held those March April lows, the range lows. And um, the market had a nice reprieve. But I, I actually said that, that we're starting to see rollover again. I think we go back to test that 200-day moving average, and it might not be so fortunate this time, uh, and those buyers may give up. So I think, you know, I'm open-minded that if it, if it goes into the 100-day, the 200-day moving average at 109.45, you know, that, that could be a level that could be very bullish indeed if we break through. But I, I think um, after a bit of a short covering rally that we've been seeing uh, into that 200-day moving, I think probably we're going to go and see that being retested at the moment. Uh, the one that we're watching, of course, in the energy complex is European natural gas prices. That's the one that you want to watch as a result of Nord Stream. Um, if they were to, you know, if the market was very disappointed by the herd there, and, and we were to see that pushing into into 200 uh, euros per megahertz, or we're about 153 at the moment, 156. That could have massive implications for European assets. It would be deeply negative. So, yeah, I think we, we keep our eyes on crude. We keep our eyes on US nat gasoline and that gas. But the energy one you want to look at without any kind of shadow of doubt is, is European natural gas prices. If they were to go higher, the euro is going lower. And, and, and obviously that could have play into other things. Anyway, so let's have a look at play of the day. Let's see what's uh, you know, the, the one that we're looking at most closely.
Oh, that's feeling quite rock and roll there, mate. Um, it's, uh, I, want to, I want to talk gold, mate. We, we, we talked about gold earlier. Now, I want to continue trading this. I sort of gave a bit of a bit of a way. I want to trade this down to 1680 at the moment. That's not not a huge call, to be fair. But, you know, I, I like to sell things that are weak. I like to buy things that are going up um, as, as one of my main strategies. And I think right now, the stars are aligned. You know, maybe that means that we're going to have to see a weaker US, a stronger US dollar continue to play play through. We'll obviously see what happens in the ECB meeting uh, in the session ahead. Next week, we've got the Federal Reserve meeting. Again, that's something that we are looking at very closely. Uh, we're looking at real rates, um, you know, which have sort of stagnated a little bit at the moment, but they've been very influential on the gold price as real rates have moved up. Uh, we've seen the gold price under pressure. But most importantly here um, is the trend that we're seeing. Until that three-day can cross back over at the, the eight-day, um, you know, we can close above the five-day exponential for one of those kind of metrics. Um, you know, I think that the path to least resistance in gold is, is the downside. I can have a look at uh, one-week implied uh, put volatility relative to call volatility and see only one and a half folds um, premium. So the market, I think there's, there's other things that say pessimism is there, but it's not extreme yet. So I think we trade down to 1680 where I'd actually be looking to flip those positions then. All right. And, you know, I, I Chris, I'd, I have to mention this just because, you know, you, you obviously we we work together um, and you're and I love this chart. And I, and I have to admit that gold is very, very bearish. The price action is. But that 1680, 1675, those are those lows from 2021 twice. Mm -hmm. Right. If, I, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Right. Big okay. support. Big support. Yeah. Yeah. Just a couple of things. See it to down note. there. I'll see it down there. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure you'll see it down there. All right. Let's, uh, let's take a look at the U S dollar Norwegian Krona. And this is knock and knock, knock and donkey, knock and uh, crown. Um, you know, this is, as I mentioned to you before, Chris, and I mentioned everybody, I, I believe that the dollar has peaked near term and we're seeing a reversal. This is a, actually a sending wedge reversal in the US dollar Norwegian Krona. We had a false breakout above the wedge top. We reversed and we're coming into that 972 level. That's a 618 retracement. And I believe that uh, this is a good way to express um, kind of a Euro trade, especially if the Euro does get a bounce then the US dollar Norwegian Krona will come under pressure. But if the Euro does sell off, the US dollar Norwegian Krona might not move as much as, because you'll see the move in the Euro Noke, not necessarily the US dollar Noke. But I like this pair. I actually shorted some more today at 10 in North American trade. I've got a position running and I'm actually looking for 972, quite possibly as low as 950. And uh, like I said, I think that the dollar is peaked near term. Doesn't mean it's a long-term peak, but I think that you can play both sides of this trade. And uh, I think the US dollar and Norwegian Krona is how I want to uh, express that right now. Good man. Well, you might not be the best uh, crude trader, but you're doing it through through the FX markets in the Noki there. So interesting one. You you stick to your strengths, mate, and you and you and you, and you play. You, you you put your flex on hard there. Anyway, that's <laughs> that's that's all from Blake and I. If you if you get a chance to put a comment in the field, love to see those. Hit the like button if you can. And you know what? We'll be back more for next week uh, with more of the trade off.